The following podcast is a Rock Corps Radio production. Allow me to be your guide through the macabre. My name is Ryan, and you're listening to The Gore Corner, only on Rotten Corpse Radio. And today, I am joined by Danny. Hello. Of the Sci-Files. How's it going? It's going. <laughs> Been a rough, rough week for for many uh, horror outlets. Of course, a lot of people will probably be wondering, hey, I wonder if they're going to talk about it or anything like that. And it's like, no, not this week. Honestly, with all the stupid news I keep reading about it and all the different publications, it, se- it doesn't seem like anybody's putting out anything significant. Like, I think the most recent thing is there's a picture, um, I guess it was taken from the trailer uh, that was uh, released over the, you know, like uh, over this uh, past few months. And there's the trailer's not officially out, of course. Like, only, you know, press and stuff have ever been able to see this thing. But, like... Apparently in the trailer you can see like uh, Georgie or the character of Georgie um, meeting Pennywise for the first time, played by uh, Bill Skarsgård. And I don't know. I just think the footage they've released is really lackluster, and there's not really much behind it. Have you seen this footage yet? The only thing that I have seen, you know, was the photos of Pennywise. Yeah. I have not seen anything else other than that. Honestly, everything that I have read over the course of its production, I'm just, I don't know. I'm not exactly excited about it. I will, yeah. I, you know, I'll definitely see the film, the movie, like, but I don't, have, I, I don't have high hopes. And I wish that they kind of give us, I wish that they would give us more, yeah, no, kind of a look into into it, you know. It almost feels like horror publications are kind of using all the real subtle things they keep throwing out there as like really random clickbait, you know. Like, and I, I don't know why they're kind of doing this like slow feed to it. So everything that we know so far, we automatically know that Bill Skarsgård is going to be playing the main role. Uh, they've released cast um, info, uh, like I think one of the kids or the main or one of the main kids from. Uh, from that show, uh, God, what is that? From the Netflix series uh, Stranger Things, he's Stranger gonna, Things, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be a part of the uh, the Loser Club. Um, is it, isn't isn't that the one that like isn't that the main boy that not that that not the one that like disappeared, but like that was like really trying to find him and stuff, like his best yeah. friend or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, and then. Like, and then everything else that they released, you know, they showed, like, uh, one shot of, like, Bill as, you know, as Pennywise in the promo, and then him uh, poking his hat out of, like, uh, of like like a sewer pipe. And now they got this new pick where it's, like, you can see kind of, like, the outline of Georgie. Um, and it looks like somebody took this footage, you know, off of their phone. Like, they were at, the, they were at that press, uh, that press release, 
uh, where they're showing the the video trailer of it, and nobody nobody's getting to see it yet, but um, everybody's written about it from like Bloody Disgusting, uh, JoeBlow.com, Dread Central, um, and they're all kind of really they're all kind of like releasing this footage, like you know this is like a big groundbreaking scene, but really all it looks like it looks like some really bad Photoshop. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think we've seen, you know, photos like that from quite a few shoots over the last few years, you know, with everybody having their smartphones now and stuff. Yeah. Able to zoom and everything. Um are there like any large like horror related conventions at all maybe that they may release the trailer to the public at that point, do you know? I just think it was, uh, I think it was at the last um, Comic-Con in San Diego. I think that's where they actually showed the video for the first time, or like that video for the okay. first time. But they're not, but, but otherwise, like, there hasn't been any actual, uh, any other conventions that have been showcasing it, or have there really been any um, other publications that have released it? Um, obviously, they're not, they're going to make people wait. Um, probably until after the first, or right, probably a few months before the first movie is released. Um, and they did also mention in, a, in one of their last press releases that this will be a two-part film. So we're going to be getting part one this summer and part two later down the road. Uh, but they are filming both of them back-to-back. So. But I, I really wish with movies like that that they would... Um... <laughs> Like film it all together, put it together in one film, and allow like a fifteen-minute intermission, like they do with plays. Oh, I know. Like yeah. seriously, uh, people... I I would do it. Just like put it in one film. I will go and watch yeah. the whole thing, five six hours. I will watch. Just give me an intermission halfway through. Oh, I know. I, I felt the same way, especially you know when like uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez put out the Grindhouse movie. I mean, that was a good four four and a half hours. Right. But it was worth it. We said, I mean, me and my buddy sat through the whole thing. I think we how can you walk away from a piece of art like that seriously that that was that was a great great film yeah I actually had problems getting my uh, we we actually bought tons of snacks because we were at the Century Theater in Beaverton watching it and we had got like you know how they have like those fill bags you know where you can basically get like like an enormous amount of candy you know filled up into a plastic bag uh, I think we, we had a bag of like full of like M and M's and Reese's pieces. Like we'd mixed them both together. <laughs> and, like mm-hmm. we, I think we went through part of a bu- bucket of popcorn before we got sick of it. But I think the only thing we kept going back for was drinks because we'd run out of right. soda like a couple times. And um, and it was tough to get them through the intermission. So I actually, I I actually. Uh, I, I actually sacrificed my time and got drinks for us the first time. And then during the second movie, I think the, my buddy Phil went and got it the second, or, you know, he went and got it the next time. Uh, but, you know, like, they really should. Um, and if they're not, I really want them to call the second It tape two, you know, because it's kind of like uh, kind of like the original release that was done as a miniseries was released as two VHS tapes. So I figure if they're going to do it, they might as well just do it, because it's called tape, too. <laughs> <laughs> it works for me. I, I, I think it would be great if they did. <laughs> the second half. 
All right, so this week in horror, uh, we have some uh, new news uh, coming out. Independent.co.uk has released uh, information on a on uh, a J.J. Abrams film. Of course, this was this article was actually put out a little bit a little while ago. Um, a movie called The God Particle, uh, which is now being slated as the third Cloverfield film, um, and also was uh, being produced under the name or the name of the cell, or like it was much like uh, how Ten Cloverfield Lane was being produced as the seller. This one was being produced as God Particle, um, where. Of course, this is a horror sci-fi, uh, and basically the synopsis for the film takes us as a team of astronauts uh, board a space station and find themselves alone in a scientific experiment that uh, causes the Earth, or Earth to disappear. <laughs> and um, a another shuttle uh, then approaches, and the team is unsure of you know whether or not they're friend or foe. And of course, you know it could be. And for those people who haven't seen uh, any of the Cloverfield movies, I just urge you to skip the first movie <laughs> and go right to Ten Cloverfield Lane, which is a really cool film uh, that doesn't really represent the first movie at all. <laughs> and yeah, check that out. And then in addition to The God Particle, um, another movie is being uh, put out called Overlord. And this movie takes place in World or during World War II. Um, in Germany, as uh, American paratroopers drop on Germany our enemy lines uh, the day before D-Day, and of course, while you know, while the small group approaches the uh, Nazi-occupied French town that they are in, uh, they realize there's something mysterious within the town. So of course, this sets up for yet another Cloverfield film. And so with there being back-to-back -back Cloverfield movies, and we all know, uh, and for some of those that don't know, God Particle will be in theaters October 27th. Uh, what are your thoughts kind of going into this? I mean, I know you've only seen the first movie, but what do you think about them kind of making all these weird surprise Cloverfield films? Well, honestly, just the name alone draw me in with these ones, yeah, <laughs> especially, especially the God Particle, you know, that one really, especially, you know, with you kind of explaining it, it sounds like one that's going to be interesting. Yeah, the next yeah. one, like, you, I hear it and I just think, okay, where's the zombies at? Yeah. <laughs> It almost feels like they're doing like you know like some weird like uh, video game revival where they're, you know how like uh, what's that game uh, series called, the one that uh, spawns. Shit, I'm trying to remember. Um, it's the one that, the one that did the uh, Modern Warfare series. It was like a you know where Modern Warfare was like the spinoff from the, another series. Uh, the World at War. Something, yeah, and it's like, uh, it's kind of weird because you know how the, the, the games do different time periods. Like, the original Modern Warfare was like futuristic based, where like its predecessor was like Nazi Germany based, and then they're kind of going yeah, back and I, forth all these different uh, time periods. It's neat. I play all the all of the Call of Duties and stuff, and like, I'm a huge fan of the Nazi zombies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think that's my buddy Bill, our buddy Bill's, uh, deal too he's really stuck on the fucking nazi the nazi zombie mini game thing and he's always in that one little house and stuff just killing the fuck out of zombies and 
Dude, just give me an MP40 headshots all day long. I'm set with the MP40. Yeah, I'm actually kind of behind on some of these games because I haven't really played them. I know, like, uh, the last game I played, like, in full was uh, the more recent Gears of War f- uh, video game. And as far as shooters are concerned... And, so, yeah, I definitely feel a little bit behind on some of those. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played the most recent one. The last Gears of War I played was uh, four. Oh, yeah. Four. Huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Like, the second one is my favorite. Yeah. The third one made me cry. Yeah. The third one made me blow like a little bitch. Really? <laughs> Was it, just the, was it just the general storyline, or was it just the fact that you felt like you wasted your money? <laughs> it was, honestly, it was the storyline. It, like, some, you know, some heart-wrenching mm-hmm. stuff. If, if you're, a, if you like, a big fan of, like, of the story for the Gears of War, and, like, you, like, follow the characters closely, yeah, that one was, like, you know, a punch to the gut pretty hard. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I kind of, like... I like the idea of Gears of War because what it always reminded me of is it reminded me of an old video game called Contra, and but it's like a weird like you know three D third person version of Contra where um, you have you know just an, an amazing array of like weapons you know like guns and different you know different types of uh, armament and the fact that okay. the weird a- alien enemies that you're uh, fighting in that series are really reminiscent to the weird bad guy aliens that are in Contra. So I always kind of thought that was neat. I always wanted yeah. there to be a little bit more emphasis on the, the different subspecies that they could possibly have within their, within their alien groups. But right. <clears throat> other than the weird giant one, you know, the giant, uh, warlordy kind of characters, uh, that they, that they have in the game and those weird little, um, I guess there would be like their dogs in a sense, you know, the ones they always strap the mines to and send them in. <laughs> and then me. But, uh, like the little, ticker, the little tickers and. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Those fucking things irritate the shit out of me, but. Dude, <laughs> like, seriously, I can, like, I could totally, because I know we got onto the game subject from, like, the Cloverfield movies. I can totally relate them just from the basics and after this, like, to so many different games, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think another thing, too, that it's kind of weird to me, but um, I don't even know if this is intentional, but did you notice that the Muto alien in God's, in the most recent Godzilla film totally, I mean, not the Japanese release, but the American one. Um, yeah. That the Muto alien is very reminiscent to the Cloverfield monster. Yes. I, I, dude, I, I read so many articles about that as well, even like, I think people really made that connection. It's just like, it, it it really looks, looks a lot like it. Same thing with the monster in the new King Kong. Same, the same deal. It looks just like the Cloverfield monster. It's got this, this weird, like two legged thing, you know, it's got these weird, like, bat looking legs and shit you know how like you know bats have those like really you know like when they walk around and stuff they they're just yeah. the way they look you know and it kind of has the well, same from, strange look to it yeah from what i was told um the new kong movie takes 
place in the same universe yeah. as the as the Godzilla one. Yeah, they're supposed to be like so, mixing them eventually, like doing the God the Godzilla versus Kong film, and which which would be fun. That's gonna be amazing. Yeah, I can't wait for that. All right, so kind of keeping up with the video game aspect uh, here, uh, there's a new game that, or there's a game that just recently came out on Steam. I'm, I want to assume that this game has come out for other platforms, considering who the publisher is. But um, but Nyar Automata um, is a new game from Square Enix, um, and it tells the story of three androids uh, named 2B, 9S, and A2. Um, as they battle to reclaim the machine-driven dystopia over, uh, overrun by powerful machines. This game is more or less kind of like a hack-and-slash action RPG. Uh, and, and the battle sequencing and whatnot isn't really turn-based. It's like, you know, like it's more hack-and-slash, uh, very similar to how uh, the current Legend of Zelda series is um, also like, you know, Alice Madness Returns, um, Shinobi games like that, and this game looks fucking amazing. It's of course put out by Square Enix, so it's gonna look fucking cool. Um, but I, I really think the uh, the storyline that they're telling here is kind of neat because it kind of reminds me of kind of the similar story that was told in the Mega Man X games, uh, where you know Mega Man is basically trying to reclaim his world, you know, which is all robots now at this point. And my uh, my question for you is like, what do you, how do you feel about like a future told game like this where, you know, humans are no longer a thing. I mean, we want to assume that as technology advances and ex technology grows, that the machines will eventually, you know, like to some you know science fiction authors and whatnot, the machines will eventually take you know inherit our Earth, and which makes sense, you know. I completely believe that, I mean, at the rate we're going, machines will, will, will take over. They see that they see the problems that the, like the population of humanity and honestly, just humanity's ignorance in general. Yeah. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely, <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll definitely take us out eventually. Yeah. And I really love like this style, you know, of dystopian. Uh, just games, movies, like that, that whole genre, it, you know, it really draws you in, I think, and can, and it's, well, it's enjoyable and like terrifying at the same time. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, that's where we're headed in one way or another, that's where we're going. So. Yeah, and I like the idea too because the uh, having a game like that kind of helps you expand your storyline options a lot more too as a writer. Um, I can't imagine, yeah. you know, you would want to think that, <clears throat> oh, this could be told from a perspective of of the last human trying to basically reclaim humanity or whatever he can through like you know, whatever means he possibly can. Kind of like with the Metal Gear yeah. series, you know, because that's what, that's what that series feels like. It feels like, you know, Snake is kind of one of the last people who really can save, you know, humanity. Um, and it seems like that his world is kind of overtaken by machines. And that's kind of the where I, I like games like this and like Doozax and a few other, or and a few of the other ones, because... It, it kind of takes that element out, and you're kind of left with this 
well, what if we're no longer in the picture, you know, and this is what, what we've what we've got, and that kind of, you know, allows you to expand on what kind of characters you're considering heroes, you know, what kind of characters are you considering, you know, being, being, um, you know, your villains, and I, I like the idea in this game, because the character look, they're very much like Soul Calibur. They kind of look like they came out of the Soul Calibur video game. They have these oversized oh, no. swords, and they, they're all bondage leather and dressed up and really cutesy kind of anime characters. But at the same time, they're, they're fucking ninjas, practically. <laughs> and, they're, and some of the shit they can do is amazing, you know, fighting-wise. So. Sounds like something fun to cosplay. <laughs> no, yeah, I sent you a, I sent you a, a like a thing of of the name. I might even send you the clip of the of the um, of the trailer of the game. You would totally love the cos or probably love the cosplay as one of these characters because they're pretty cool looking. That right, that right there will draw me into a game at least initially. Yeah. Character design. All right. So um, as we're kind of touching base on uh, the world of anime. Um, as many uh, fans of the anime series Death Note have uh, been well aware of, um, there has been an American adaptation of the film that uh, is being released by Netflix. And this film is uh, being directed uh, by Adam Wingard, who is uh, best known for his movies uh, The Hills Run Red, Your Next, um, A Horrible Way to Die, VHS. And I think Adam might actually do the film or do this film justice but it's kind of hard to say um especially as an american release you know it's not going to have the same uh it's not going to have all the same themes or feels that the uh, japanese versions had especially the live action japanese versions uh the one and two that were released and i mean death note is a very loved uh anime series you know it went like 22 i think it went like what 22 episodes something like that I know it had quite a few episodes in it. Um, I will say I saw the trailer, I think it was this morning. I was so excited, like, to see the announcement. I was like, oh, I got to click. I got to watch. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I absolutely love the casting choice they went with for Ryuk. Right. Um, oh, Willem Dafoe? <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I mean, know. that smile of his, he's just natural for it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but honestly, I'm a little afraid. I'm, I really hope that they went with practical effects for it. I'm, a, I'm afraid that it's going to be more CG'd. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to be hopeful. I did not, did not like the casting uh, choice for Light, but that's just, me personally. Yeah, they kind of get. You, you remember how? Like, remember how they did the speed or was it Speed Racer remake? You know where they picked like the goofiest, cutest, yeah. face looking kid they can possibly find. And they kind of did right. that. They kind of did that with Nat Wolf uh, as the casting for Light, and it was kind of like to me. It's kind of funny because like, you know, I mean, Nat's a you know fairly you know gifted uh, you know like song you know songwriter and he's you know he's yeah. been a lot of dramas and stuff so he he brings something different to the table with this but i think the thing that is going to be tough is whether or not he can pull off the lead you know as well 
um, as as the character who played you know as the actor who played Light in the Japanese live action. The one that kind of got me is the guy they've casted for L, uh, which is uh, Lakeith. Who is that? Uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Um, he's uh, he was in the movie Straight Outta Compton as well as uh, Term Twelve and Get Out, um, which I was pretty excited about. Um, but like him and I mean, because him as an actor, oh, oh yeah, he was also in uh, Purge Anarchy. If you haven't seen that, um, but. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's a really good actor, but it's kind of weird because, like, how how like as long as he can play L the way I want them to play L, which is always like in the very kind of goofy and eccentric kind of character, then he'll work. Oh yeah, he'll totally I... work. But I mean, even if he's not exactly what we would picture as L, because like you know everybody remembers L being like the. This very slender, very like kind of gothic looking kid, and here we got this right. guy who's got a completely different. I mean, I haven't seen how he's supposed to look in the series, but I mean, in terms of style and everything, you know, he's got a lot of tattoos. He's you know very heavily facial haired and everything. So like, I mean, there's a good chance that he can pull it off, but. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, like. I mean, me and, like, one of my, like, best friends, like, we really want to cosplay as White and L. Like, yeah. I, so many people just absolutely love those characters. And I think it's definitely going to be different. And it might be hard for some of us to kind of, you know, connect with this movie and these characters. But, kind of we ha you know, you have to remain open-minded to interpretation. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I agree that I really just want to see the characters played especially L like L is so important in the psychology like you know the the yeah. psychological aspect and I always, just and I always kind of like the way they do a lot of these films too especially like the American versions cuz like like if you compare like the American version of Old Boy to the Jap you know to the Korean film it's I mean it's very well it's very differently cast especially in terms of how you know of of the people they picked and you know the you know, you're not expecting certain guys to play certain characters, but the way Spike Lee did that film, I think, like, he almost does it exactly like the original. And they they both have the same impact. Like, the you know, it gets you right at the end, you know. Like, it's it's got the same crazy slow burn build, you know. You get that same psychology of the characters, you know, being stuck in that room for all that time. And... <clears throat> so like I, kinda, I do think he has the eyes for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm hoping Adam Winger does this one justice. I mean, this will be his second remake since Blair Witch. So, um, and uh, fans will expect to see this uh, hitting uh, the Netflix streaming service on or August 25th of this year. So, oh, not too long. Yeah, it kind of gives us something to look forward to at the end of the summer. And um, let's see. Speaking of, uh, like, sticking on this, like, practical effects loop, um, it's been announced uh, the director of uh, Jurassic World 2 um, promises uh, practical effects for the dinosaurs in this film, which would be one of the first times we've seen that since Dr the original Jurassic Park 2. So, um, When I read that, I got so, so excited. I, I said, yes, thank you. I, like, I am truly... Really looking forward 
to that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it, honestly, I mean, it couldn't, it could, I mean, like if they can, if they can really kind of mix the two, because like the last Jurassic, I mean, Jurassic World was a good film. I mean, it was probably the, sure. and even though it kind of did the same thing, they did the same thing in that movie that they tried doing in the third one where they try to introduce the new dinosaurs, especially like a dinosaur that never existed in Spinosaurus. And then like in Jurassic World, they kind of did the same thing with that weird um, kind of that weird raptor Tyrannosaurus hybrid. Um, yeah. Just kind of mixed a bunch of random dinosaurs together. I think something like that is always going to be really cool, um, especially in the world of science fiction and, you know, how you're taking, you know, how you're taking those steps to kind of, you know, help, you know, further, further along this different storyline. And then the fact that they're continuing the series with Chris Pratt, you know, as well as like some other people. Um, I don't know. If, it's uh, Thomas Howard in that, right? Huh? Um, the, the main chick is, is, is that Bryce Dallas Howard? I don't know. Famous. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's going to be in this film or not. To be honest, she is. Oh, is as, she? as far yeah. as as far as I had read, yeah, that's oh, her good. and Chris Pratt both coming back. Sweet. And yeah. they promised no heels this time. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a lot. A lot of fans kind of got in an uproar over that one, but I can say, <laughs> as a woman, when you need to. You can run in heels. It's easier to take them off and run, yeah. but you can run in them. <laughs> now, here's another really fun thought, too. What if in the new Jurassic World, that um, instead of like Chris Pratt wrangling raptors, what if he's wrangling Tyrannosauruses? What if he's figured out that by this time? Oh, I mean, dude. I, I, I want to think that he had, but, you know, I mean, we never know. He's like he's like the Dino Whisperer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of curious to see what they're gonna where they're gonna do. You know, are they picking up from the last movie? Or are they gonna be like, I mean, are they gonna be? That's a good question. Is Blue still with them? Because Blue was the one that 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 saved them along with the T Rex, yeah. right? Yeah. So. You see, I would love to see kind of like him, Blue, and the Tyrannosaurus, like, you know, like, they're in, like, their own, like, new yeah. pack now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, these are his pets. <laughs> he has Going off to the runaways. <laughs> he, takes him back to his, he takes him back to his trailer and shit. <laughs> <laughs> they're just harmoniously living together. It's all cute and everything. <laughs> Yeah, that would be... I mean, it wouldn't quite work that way, but that would be hilarious. I would, I would love to see that. <laughs> it would, it would be really good. I can't, I can't, I can't wait for the memes from this next one. Yeah. I mean, it's Chris Pratt and dinosaurs. You know that there's going to be and see some more good ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to close up today's episode here, uh, there's there's some sad news in the world of rock music. Um, this in the past week. Um, legendary guitar player and songwriter Chuck Berry um, had passed away, and he died on the 18th. Uh, he was age 90, um, believe it or not. And I mean, Chuck, his music was so influential. Through you know, for you know, like they always say, like the one of the most influential rock guitar players of our time is Jimi Hendrix. But I always kind of figure, well, I mean, did you forget? five you know five six years before hendrix was even a thing chuck berry was fucking tearing shit up 
and <laughs> he may not he may not like uh, personified like what you considered to be like modern rock, but I mean the st the the style that he played in you know that kind of semi rockabilly kind of sound. His guitar, his guitar playing was incredibly influential. Um, I mean, fuck, they even used his song "Johnny Be Good" in many different ways. You know, like a what was it? Uh, Judas Priest had redid it for the movie "Johnny Be Good." Um, it was used in "Back to the Future." Uh, of course, uh, fucking Michael J. Fox was taking credit for that song, but <laughs> what was the one with John Travolta and Matt oh, Damon and Pulp Fiction? Yeah, Pulp Fiction. And so, like, there's... Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, I think it's going to... It left a hole in my heart, like, reading that, that you know, that he had yeah. passed on. Um, I grew up on, I mean, a little bit of everything, but truly, like, his, like his music and, like, that whole genre, like, style of rock and roll, like... Yeah. It, it, it sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. he, you know... He was a huge influence for just so many people, and yeah, you know, it it, it really it really hurts when we lose um, artists that you know that that you're really able to connect with like through their music, and oh, yeah. they really inspire just so many to create. And I just I just hope that people you know really just continue to listen and you know just keep his spirit living on so we know with his music yeah and i mean i mean uh like uh since his passing i mean itunes has actually created a really good playlist for it so um if you weren't really familiar with chuck berry's tunes and you have uh access to itunes uh, music service or even spotify go down you know go to any of those apps and uh you know try to or check out a chuck berry playlist he's He's got some really good songs uh, within his catalog, and and like I said, I mean, as far as guitar playing and, and me being a musician, um, I I have to say that some, his work is some of the best out there. I mean, like yeah. he was really innovative for his time, especially like you know the late fifties, early sixties. I mean, he his mu I mean, his music really kind of um, kind of did what a lot of people's really didn't. I mean, you even compare his music to like some of the stuff that was coming out you know of, of of like the british scene you know like with the beatles and um the who and the rolling stones right. these guys weren't really touching shit compared to chuck to, to, compared to chuck's music i mean they were kind of behind the times in a sense so he was definitely uh he was definitely an original um as an, an american original at that so um, and it was really yes, I, I, I think like you referenced Back to the Future with that scene, I think yeah. they did that so well to really, you know, tribute yeah. that, that fact of how influential, like, to, at that time, he was to the music scene. Oh, yeah. I'm a singer myself and, like, a musician plays a few different instruments, and I don't play guitar yet, but I tell you what, that that, that man does inspire my soul though to, to keep on with the music oh yeah and yeah, i mean and just everything else too it's like i mean how i can actually play both versions of johnny be good the judas priest and the and oh, wow so it's like, <laughs> i really I've, i gotta I've, hear that sometime oh it's crazy like both versions are really cool they got their own like unique vibe to them and stuff and i mean of course chucks is i mean his is definitely the most 
the most you know it has the most groove to it uh, i mean you listen to like priest's version of the song it's it's definitely an 80s heavy metal song but um but i really think that priest kind of captured a unique vibe you know they kind of captured the unique spirit of that song and just applied it to their own style which is neat because not a lot of bands do that either but um yeah so i mean chuck will definitely be missed uh, by you know by many especially especially within the music community um but that definitely wraps up our show today and i thank you very much for uh joining me today danny or danny and um what do you or what are we going to be expecting on the sci files coming up in the next week what was that sorry uh, uh what are we going to be expecting in the sci files coming in the next week and then this is where you can talk about um like the robotics thing Oh yeah, um, we actually were. We have a fun conversation about uh, different uh, cybernetics and stuff, and how we see them and portrayed through like sci-fi and film and books and stuff. But also how like it interprets into you know what we're seeing in modern life and our technology, and it, it's a it's a really fun show. So I hope everybody tunes into that and enjoys. Yeah, so the sci files can be uh, can be seen on Rock Course Radio every other week. Um, we post two episodes a month, and uh, hopefully we'll be going to weekly. So keep liking and playing the shit out of that show. Uh, give us some likes on uh, iTunes as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's, uh, that's it uh, for this episode. And uh, tune in uh, next week and every week. Kiva should be joining us here pretty soon. Um, as the world of horror and sci-fi never seem to stop. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and SoundCloud, and leave a review. Tell us how we're doing and what you think of our many shows. And for all things dead and otherwise, RottenCorpseRadio.com. <laughs>